0: You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 30.
1: Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. All right. Hi. Welcome back to Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be back with you again. Trust we get to bless you somehow today.
0: Yeah. Okay. So today, Chris, I'm going to talk about
1: relationships we, we talked about relationships before
0: we are well I mean, it's an important topic yes but this is going to be it's slightly darker than before
1: okay should i leave the room <laughs> so what do you what do you want about well this look
0: I, we all have struggles with our relationships mm-hmm. and the problem with the relationships is they can break down without us really noticing they mm-hmm. can you know, there's, they can sort of erode, you know, recently there was a, I mean, last year, there was this big storm in Sydney and waves came and broke on the, the fourth, on the, on the cliffs oh, yeah. and the people's houses that were above those cliffs and they had swimming pools up above the cliff and, and all of a sudden a lot of the cliff just disappeared and all of a sudden the swimming pool was dead and the, wow. half the house was hanging off and, mm. you know, and... It took a storm to actually do the final damage, but a lot of the, the damage had been done previously from the erosion that had been going on, and our relationships can be like that as well. A storm can come and can, just, can be the, the great big straw on the camel's back, if you like, which makes it look like that was what caused the damage, but in reality it's been a period of neglect and of erosion which has gone on beforehand which has then allowed that storm to actually do that final damage.
1: So when you say we're talking about relationships, you're actually talking about relationship breakdown. Yes. Okay, so what have you got for us today?
0: Okay, so I want to go through a seven-part model which speaks to this erosion, how it can come about without us really noticing. And if we're more aware of how that erosion is taking place in our lives, then we can jump in and we can stop it. We can use the appropriate what's appropriate at the level that we're at, if you like, in that
1: erosion to, to, to stop it, turn it around and get moving the relationship back the other way. So are you talking about a seven-step process where one leads on to the other or seven separate discrete elements that could be causing erosion in a
0: marriage? Well, they're, they're, kind, of, they're kind of one after another. They're kind okay. of one after another. But look, no model was perfect, right? Yeah. And so you know, they all break down. Every metaphor breaks down, every model breaks down at some level. Mm-hmm. But it's but this tool I think is useful for helping us to look and take stock of where our relationships are. Maybe it's our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's I actually developed it for with teenagers in mind. Maybe it's so it's with our teenagers, or maybe it's in some other sphere as well that um, I want to take us through. So, so this we'll do is a tomorrow. real
1: talk for real men, homebrewed tool that guys put together.
0: Home home brew? Yeah, were we allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so the so the first key thing is that relationships break down bit by bit and they tend to go unnoticed, especially by us men. Mm-hmm. Our woman, our, and women in our lives, whether it's our female teenagers and our wives, they tend to notice things are not quite right. And maybe you've got a wife that actually will point that out to you from time to time. But us men, we're so caught up in our sport and especially our work that we don't tend to notice if things are smooth and there's no sort of overt conflict going on we tend to think oh yeah everything's all right everything's going fine at home but really there's a an erosion going on which you're completely unaware of and so we need to be aware that just because there's peace in the home on the surface just because things look like they're okay doesn't mean that things are okay and way back when we talked to Phil Sherwood remember mm-hmm, when we talked to yeah. Phil Sherwood that was his experience his lot his marriage he thought was going fine and then all of a sudden his wife had an affair mm-hmm. after they'd been married for 20 something years and where did that come from well it didn't just happen out of the blue it happened because phil hadn't noticed that his marriage had been eroding so that's what i wanted to i wanted to address that and this model doesn't talk to every situation but if you're aware of maybe there's something not quite right in your relationship with your kids maybe you're picking up some words maybe you're astute enough to do that or with your with your marriage then maybe you can look at this model and say hey look, I'm in the stage,
1: but and if I don't do something about it, I'm in danger of things getting worse. And just to help me, because I'm just catching it again, as soon as you say relationships on a Real Talk for Real Men, uh, Real Talk 24-7 podcast, mm-hmm. I can't help but think marriage relationship. But you're reminding me, this is actually a relationship tool that affects all of our relationships with our children, with our spouse, with our extended Particularly family. our older ones.
0: So not probably so much our younger ones, but those who are... Those who are adults. I'm talking about adult teenagers, yep. you know, and ones who have got the the power, if you like, the ability to take their hurt and take their break down the relationship and actually do something destructive with it. Okay. So a five year old doesn't really so much have that. Mm-hmm. So, but it's so the erosion underpins is going on. If we, if we're not consciously working to improve our relationships, then then it is actually eroding. It's, it's like a clock winding down. If we're not winding it up, then it starts to wind down. So if we're not actively putting energy into our relationships, then they will be degrading at some level. And
1: so I want to address that. Can I maybe suggest it's a bit like people saying, oh, I've got a lovely elm tree in the backyard and it's just exactly how I like it so I'm not going to water it. I'm not going to tend to it. I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it there. But you can feel like, oh, my marriage and family is exactly where I want it and then stop tending it. But you're mm-hmm. saying really that we have to see these these things as a proactive work in progress in order for them to stay fresh.
0: Yeah. Re- relationships are not set and forget. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we would love it if they were. I often doesn't mean we just, we just like to set it and forget about it for a week and then come back to it and but relationships, especially the ones closest to us, are not set and forget. And we have to come to terms with that and take responsibility for putting the energy into maintaining our relationships. And if we don't, then we'll suffer the consequences for it somewhere, somehow. Okay. And, you know, for those of you who have got teenagers, you will know that if, you know, we see it all the time, that, you know, dads are off at work and and putting very little attention to their... To their teenagers then so often the teenagers just get up and walk away and don't want to talk to their their father anymore and just and dad wonders well what happened well what happened was you didn't invest in the relationship so mm-hmm. so but i firstly want to mention that you know if if your relationship is in serious trouble then you do need to seek professional help so help so no uh, no model, or sitting and listening to a podcast, In your self help program is, is I mean, yeah. you know is or reading a book is is substitute for for getting properly trained, dropping your trained assistants. So it's difficult for, for for men to do that because we don't like to put our hand up and and to ask and to say that we need therapy or we need some some counselling. But you know the consequences if we don't do that if we've let our our relationships break down so far, is that we could lose the things which are most dear to us. Mm -hmm. So the the first thing I want to talk about is that why do we have relationships? Why do we have relationships? Why do we have relationships? Why do we need relationships? Well, the reason we need relationships is because relationships meet needs. They meet a deep need that we have as human beings to be in community
1: with others. The reason we need community, the reason we need relationships, is because relationships meet needs. Needs. Okay, I think I've got you. So even when even when Adam was in the garden and God said everything was good, Mm -hmm. there was one thing He said was
0: not good, and that was for Adam to be alone. Everything else, was was before there was sin, He said it was not good for Adam to be alone. We need relationships, and and um, I remember, uh, I don't know whether you remember this movie. It was uh, what was it called? It was a Tom Hanks film. Uh, Castaway. Oh yes, remember that movie, Castaway. I think you can actually find it on YouTube. I'm not actually recommending the movie, but I do remember it because it had this real emphasis that despite Tom Hanks being a guy who got stranded on a desert island, uh, he was able to provide shelter and food, the basic things of what he needed. But he recognised that he needed a relationship because he was all alone and without that, he was slowly going mad. And so he developed a relationship with a with an old volleyball that he called Wilson and he put a face he put, put a up, face he, on it yeah. he put a face on it and and you know and he talked to Wilson obviously Wilson didn't talk back but there was there was a recognition there that there was a, a man is not able to just sustain himself on his mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. and you know that's what God said first when Adam was in the garden and uh, it wasn't good for him to be alone and so so we need to have someone around us we need to have that that deep acceptance uh, of men, in particular, we need to have have acceptance. We need to have somebody say, "Yeah, you're okay." That that that, that others respect us, and that uh, we can be who we are and be accepted for that. And that's all part of one of the few one of the many things which is all part of
1: of of relationships. So, can I interpret that to mean that if any of many of our listeners, any men. Attempted to kind of go it alone and to become Robinson Crusoe. That's actually not what they're built for. No, they really, they really better be working on relationships because they really do need them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We think, no, I can do it on my own. I can, I can achieve I can everything myself. Mm-hmm. And I once worked with a guy like that. I sat across the table from him, and you know, he'd had a, he'd had a tough upbringing. His father had left him. He was an alcoholic, and, and you know, and he'd become a pretty successful guy. He was He was the best at his what he did as in his job in the country. Pretty much, and you know, he sat there and he could could say, "Look, I am a self made man. Everything I have, I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's me. I've I've
1: achieved it." But he'd been become an emotional island in the process. Become yeah. an emotional island in the process,
0: and he was a brilliant trader in the morning, but he would go out and drink. Right, and you know, and he didn't even know that his father was an alcoholic, but he became one himself. Mm. He didn't even know it until later. Until, until later, and uh, and you know, and and so. There is a need there that we have for relationships, and we we have to fill that with with relationships. And we need to make sure that we're not closing ourselves off. We need so to open ourselves don't up. don't trash the ones you've got. Don't trash the ones you've got. Very good. So relationships. Well, the first thing I want to talk about relationships is expectations. We have mm-hmm. expectations. We've talked about this before. And when we go into marriage, we have expectations about what that marriage is going to do for us, don't mm-hmm. we? We expect that we're going to have, maybe we're going to have a wife who is going to look after us, maybe. Maybe make a substitute for a mother.
1: Blissfully happy.
0: Blissfully you happily. Know. We're going to get sex whenever we happy, want it.
1: Happily ever after. We're
0: going to have dinner on the table when we get home from work. You know, all these sexist views and, you know, but whatever they are, we have expectations. And our wife comes into, ex- into a marriage with expectations too that husband is going to meet all her needs is going to make her secure and happy and going to meet all her emotional needs and you know and and is only going to have eyes for her and all these expectations that we have and expectations aren't necessarily wrong but even the right expectations at the wrong time can be damaging mm-hmm. And have you ever noticed? I don't know whether this has ever happened to you because you know you've got such a perfect marriage. But have you ever noticed
1: that you're having a fight? Yes, with, I'm laughing at the other
0: side of the yeah, microphone. You're having a fight with your wife, and all of a sudden someone rings up. She answers it. Hello, how Hello. are you? <laughs> you know, she's all lovely on the phone, and then hangs up again, and the fight goes <laughs> again. Or maybe that was you that did that. <laughs> or I shouldn't be saying my wife because uh, maybe it was me that did it. But but we are we are the toughest on our those who are closest to us because yeah. we have expectations. You know, we have expectations of what that person is going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. And so our expectations can be very damaging and one of the things which erodes our
1: relationships. So what's that song? I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. But people expect or feel like the other person has made that promise. Yes. Even if they haven't, that, that we, we feel like they have. Yeah. That's and that expectation.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I sort of see expectations as being kryptonite to relationships. They are really the the weakness. It doesn't mean all expectations are bad. Should you not have any expectations? No, I'm not saying that. But they can be very dangerous because they can just be that water at the bottom of the cliff, just eroding the relationship. If you've got these expectations uh, of the other person and they are not being met, you think that whether they're good expectations or not, then it will over time will erode that relationship dangerously.
1: Okay. You're going to, have to tell us later on how to manage that, but yeah, keep okay. going. Yeah. All
0: right. So where do those expectations come from? Those expectations come back from needs. We mm-hmm. have needs, right? So maybe we've got needs for respect. We're going to need to be respected. And so we expect our wife to respect us. We expect her to, expect to respect us by her actions, by the way she speaks to us, by the way she you know, has the, the house nice and tidy when we get home from work and there's food on the table and you know, and you think of the of the of the dad who the, the father who comes home, he's had a hard day at work, he's exhausted, and he comes in the door and the place is a mess and the wife hasn't made the food, hasn't hasn't made dinner, and he comes home and and he might blow up. He might blow up and get angry with the wife and get angry with the kids and then there's a big fight in ensues and, and things happen. But there's another dad who might come home and see the mess and see that his wife has been struggling and he doesn't react that way. Why not? Well, it might be because he has, he has had a need met of that respect already being met in other areas going on. And so when he comes home, he is able to then see that his wife actually has had a tough day too and actually needs some comfort, Mm -hmm. needs him to put his arm around or, or to get the kids organized and say, okay, how can I help? Mm -hmm. I see things have been tough here. What can I do to help? Now, the circumstances are exactly the same, exactly the same, but I suggest that one of the key differences between those two men is one of them is getting his needs met, some of his core needs met in his relationships, and the other one, the other one is not. And so those those those
1: circumstances cause him to react differently. So can I deconstruct that? The guy comes home, house is in a mess, and he loses it, Mm -hmm. right? Because when he got home, he had an expectation that there'd be enough respect for him, for mm-hmm. everything to be under control. But he had that expectation because he actually had a need, and the need was to be affirmed, mm-hmm. to be respected. Mm-hmm. But if he can actually resolve those needs to be affirmed and respected by the way he's respected at work or by other means... If the
0: relationship is strong enough and what's going on other times, you know, when there's not some sort of crisis going on, but there's a there's an underlying strength in the relationship, then if those needs are being met, then he is much better placed not to see that those circumstances is yet another instance of a right. being disrespected and of going out and working hard and co- and coming home and not being respected by his wife and kids for what he's doing each day. If he's already feeling respected, he won't interpret
1: those circumstances mm-hmm. as being disrespectful. So it's like having um, a res- uh, an expectation account that certain times people will make a withdrawal on our expectations but if they've made lots of deposits we don't mind because the account is still in balance Mm. or in in positive Mm. but if it's been withdrawal 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 loss of expectation disappointment disappointment then the person tends to just and of course this goes
0: both ways and so because both parties have expectations both parties have needs and if neither party is getting their needs met they those needs are valid yeah right those needs are not wrong needs they're still valid valid needs your your wife has has needs to be affirmed and to be safe and to to get affection and to um you know to to be to be cared for so if she's not getting those needs then she will try and satisfy them somehow she'll 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 fight in that relationship to try and get them for a time you will try as a man will try and fight to get those needs met as a time and there'll be conflict because you're both trying to pull and go grab those needs but if you've got a strong enough relationship where the other is providing those needs, you're both having those needs satisfied. On the whole, it doesn't happen every day, but on the whole, then there is ability to withdraw from that account when things aren't mm. going well. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yep. We're thing along. We to so two. So, so and if, if needs are consistently not met in the relationship, then we move on to stage two, and that's the communication breakdown. Okay. So the first, the first stage is needs not being met. The second stage is communication breaks down, because in, in initially what's going on is when the, the two are fighting for the needs and they're trying to pull those needs from one another. There'll be quite a bit of conflict. There'll be quite a lot of communication going on, but eventually that communication starts to dry up. The man just says, "Enough! I can't. I don't want to handle this anymore." The wife uh, disappears and doesn't want to. Doesn't want to listen to his to his yelling anymore, and the communication starts to break down. Now I've said before that that relationships die more from ice than from fire. Fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While there's still that fire going on, no, no, none of us like to have that communication uh, being fiery, but at least there's still communication going on. If that communication is dried up, then you've got a
1: big problem. So if the husband or the wife says, "What's the use? You're not listening anyway," or some kind of Giving in kind of response, yeah, just becomes ice, as you say.
0: Life communication is the lifeblood of relationship, and you, imagine, you know what happens when the blood stops flowing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The patient, the person, the person dies. If you squeeze your arm and cut the blood flow off, it will keep going for a little while, but it can't go for too long with, when the communication is not flowing. So, mm-hmm. so if the communication is dried up in your in your relationship, don't just accept that because. Uh, because that is that is that is a serious problem, and you're in danger of moving on to the
1: third stage. So expectations needs not being met needs not being met is the first one leads to leads to kind communication of conflict, breakdown, and that then leads to communication breakdown. Yeah.
0: Yep. And so what happens in all of that is that the element of trust is broken as well. Right. Right. And trust is a core thing of relationship and of communication, yeah you won 't commun- communicate well with somebody who you don't trust
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're not going to get to the heart of the issue yeah. you too are, n- are not if the tr- trust is breaking down there you 're not going to get to the heart of what your needs are because it's too vulnerable
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so and so the more that fighting goes on and the more that communication breaks down, and the more that trust will erode so the so the the com- the communication is so it's like the the trust is the arm. And the communication is putting a... A tourniquet or something. A tourniquet like round the arm and cutting off the blood flow, mm-hmm. and so that, that trust will dry up. Make sense? Yep. Okay, so the erosion's still going on. And so then we get to stage three. And when the communication breaks down, what happens then is misunderstandings. Okay. So what happens then is misunderstandings. And uh, there's a proverb, happy are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. And of course, the the reverse is true as well. And when we get misunderstandings, then we misinterpret what another says. And when communication is breaking down, then a woman goes and speaks to her friends and says, "Oh, he thinks this. He's always doing this, and he doesn't love me anymore, and so on." And the husband and the and the man is he's probably not talking to his friends because (laughs) I mean they talk to their friends about relationships, but maybe he's talking to his cat or, or his dog or something. And and he's he is. Putting words in his own mind about what she thinks and what she's doing, and interpreting her actions, and there's misunderstandings which come in, which just make the whole thing worse, mm. and start to make you feel like the other person is in good-willed, that they are not well-intentioned, that perhaps they don't even love you anymore, and when the reality might be far from the, that might be far from the truth. Yeah, but. When the communication is broken down, then those misunderstandings will come in. the The self talk will accumulate in our head. will start to be, grab hold of those those lies. It gives gives the devil a foothold, if you like, for those lies to start coming in, and those misunderstandings will uh, will cause more damage and cause a separation.
1: Hmm.
0: Good. So where does that lead? So yeah, and so of course, what happens then is assumptions jump in. Right. So with the misunderstandings, assumptions assumptions jump in and and it's it's the seeds of rebellion. Have you ever heard your teenager say, you probably never have, but you ever heard your teenager say, Dad, you never understand me. Or Dad, you just don't understand. And that if you're hearing that a lot, it's a possible danger sign that rebellion is not far away. Because we all have this need to be understood. And if we don't think that the other person is trying to understand us or is the possibility to understand us, then we will go somewhere where we do get that understanding because we still have those needs that we talked about earlier. We still have those needs we desperately need to have met. And if we find that our husband or our wife are not meeting those, then over time, initially we'll fight to try and get those needs met, but gradually we'll move on to an alternative somewhere else
1: where we can get those needs met. Which might be simply getting drunk. It might it be could simply be. burying yourself in your work. It, it could be. Not necessarily an, an, a morality issue, but it, it's still a matter of the heart, actually so, dumping the person. So
0: that's step four, the counterfeits. Oh, okay. So that's where the counterfeits jump in. So it could be war, work, throwing yourself into work. Uh, it could be throwing yourself into church and ministry. Mm-hmm. It uh, you know for If it's teenagers, it could be throwing themselves into their friends or... Um, you know going and finding somewhere where they're getting those needs met for understanding and for affirmation for respect for those for those needs that they they should have been getting met from their dad and they're not getting met and so they will look for look for counterfeits so a brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city uh, that's 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 a lead into what what happens what happens next before just I, I go into there, I just want to add a couple of other things. So as this misunderstanding is growing and you are thinking the other person is not goodwilled anymore, that they're not capable of meeting your needs, that they're not capable of understanding you, then what starts to develop? Well, resentment starts to develop because you think this person should be meeting my needs and they're not. So you start to resent them. Uh, trust has disappeared. Uh, as I said, you doubt their goodwill and anger will start to rise as well. Because you will start, because you will be feeling, well, this person. You know, if you had the expectations, when those expectations aren't met, then you become angry, and uh, and assumptions replace the communication, and the seeds of rebellion begin, and then you start making poor choices, and that's 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 step five. So that's where the teenager runs off with the uh, with uh, the bikey boyfriend. Right. That's when that's when the 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 man runs off and. Uh, goes and hires a prostitute or when the woman goes and has an affair with a childhood sweetheart um or you know that's there are there are poor choices and this is where the real damage the erosion has gone on but this is where the actual the actually the the house starts falling off the cliff where poor choices start to be made and of course those choices have consequences
1: and so you're really talking here about basically an angry or an embedded spirit has sort of been the under undergirding of that. Over time, the spirit or the heart of the wife or the husband or the child has just got more hurt, harder, more isolated, more uh, unable to really connect. And that just, just leads them off into looking anywhere for
0: the yeah, yeah, they they still have those needs. And, and now those needs are even more desperate than before because it's like they've been starved. -hmm. You know, we have when we have got food, we're we're desperate for a pizza. If you've ever done the forty-hour famine and the amount of picking out you do on on pizzas after you finish the forty-hour famine or after you've been fasting, you've got these needs that need to be met, and so you will go where you think you can find those needs, and that's when you're vulnerable to a counterfeit coming in. You know, and and the devil loves counterfeits; he loves to replace. To meet out to try and meet meet our needs to pretend that he can meet our needs through counterfeits from which are valid needs that God has placed there, but he loves to put counterfeits there. Mm. Whether it's counterfeit religion, whether it's uh, thinking that the the, um, the secretary at the office would make us feel more manly and and meet our needs to, to feel like a man because our wife isn't isn't meeting that need. You know so there are there are plenty of counterfeits out there and at this point in time after we've we've not had our needs met communication's broken down we've got misunderstandings we're vulnerable to making these poor choices
1: mm. well I just picking up on your word anger though because you did use that word mm. earlier so is that I I've, I've, sorry I've lost track but was that actually a step on no, own? no it's right, not a, not it's a, a step? step that's just something which starts to this something that starts
0: to build and and feeds feeds an undercurrent, if you like, of mm. of, of waves are eroding our Well, it made me think of the scripture
1: in Colossians 3.19 where Paul says, mm. husband loves your wives and don't be bitter against them. Mm. And I think the caution then, obviously, if we're following your breakdown model here, if you actually allow that anger and bitterness to develop, then you're really going to shut her out mm. and definitely go looking for the counterfeits, aren't you? Mm. Whereas if you dealt with that anger or bitterness, then you go back, steer your boat back to the relationship instead of away from it. Mm. Because at that point, looking for the counterfeits, basically the boat's been steered off, isn't it? Mm. Away from the relationship.
0: Mm. Now, I don't have any personal experience of this, but I've I've read a bit about it, that men who have been to uh, go and see prostitutes, very often it's not just about the sex, Sure, there's usually sex involved, but very often they will spend a lot of time just sitting and talking and just having that girlfriend experience, they call it, with uh, with the prostitute. They want somebody who provides that companionship. There's a need there which hasn't been getting met. And so, look, they look for a substitute. And, of course, you've got some money, you go and pay for it, then that's typically the way that men think, that they can get it some other way. And, of course, these poor choices then further... They can put well, the thing, put the nail in the coffin of yeah. the relationship, and then if there's what typically happens after that is then there's some element of guilt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, when there's poor choices that have been made, whether it's the teenager or whether it's uh, that's that's run off with, the, run away from home, or the the man who's gone and had an affair with his secretary or the woman who's gone and had an affair or whatever it is, then there's some guilt in, and, and that then becomes even more destructive and actually separates you even further because you don't blame yourself so much. You blame the other person because you saw you saw that other person as being one responsible for meeting those needs. They didn't get met and they see my guilt as being caused in part by that other person. And so then what creates what happens then is even further distance. Yeah. And and that's when the, you've got the the son or the daughter who just doesn't want to see the dad again. He mm. might not have done anything terribly de- drastic, but he just hasn't met their needs and
1: they know, they don't want to see him any, anymore. They mm. don't want to come home for Christmas and he doesn't understand it. And the more these things occur, it's like a barricade, a big pile of rubbish being stuck between the two parties. Yeah. And in order to get the relationship restored, they've got to get through all of this junk as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, and uh, the guilt, the condemnation that we feel when when we've got to the stage, if we talk back, going back to that one of our previous podcasts, it destroys us inside. It gives us death. Yeah. It gives us death inside. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, feel like we're, we're unworthy. And we get to a, we, if, you, if this carries on too long, then we get to the last stage where we're just completely apathetic about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we don't even want to make it right again.
1: That's the kind of end of the whole deal.
0: That's kind yeah. of the end of the whole deal, unless no. unless unless there's intervention. That's the end of the whole deal. And there can be intervention at in any any stage of this of this cycle, cycles one through seven. And obviously, the earlier you intervene, the better. Um, and because there's you know, once you've got past stage five and you started making poor choices, there will be consequences, mm. which they'll also have to be dealt with as well as well as repairing the relationship. But um, the, the point of going through this is for men to maybe have a look at where their relationships are at with their teenagers and with their wife and say, well, you know, I'm at, I'm at such and such a stage. I'm at stage one, two, three, four, five, God forbid, you kind it, of six or seven.
1: Fuck yourself on the continuum and, somewhere.
0: And, yeah. to, and, to, and to realize, look, that if I don't do anything, if I just let things go, things are not going to work themselves out. Things very rarely work themselves out they get worse. And if you don't work, put some energy into fixing up and reversing the cycle, then it will typically move through into the worst stage and become even worse and harder and consequences even greater and have severe regrets down the track.
1: Let me just share then an experience that I had that I'm not not proud of. I'm just going to share a a very um, interesting, relevant situation that I encountered in the very first pastorate that I had. I was a young buck and i was pastoring a church in new zealand and had a number of people in the church who'd been faithful and lovely people over a number of years one christian lady her husband was an alcoholic he went to work but he came home and he would get drunk every afternoon and she desperately wanted to know whether i could help well of course being a a ministering person a pastoral person i wanted to be able to help and so I arranged that at uh, you know 5.30 or something on a particular afternoon, I'd go around and I'd call on her and she would take me up to the garage to meet her husband. The man was probably uh, late 50s, maybe tipping over 60s. He would come home from work. He would go and sit in a stool at the workbench at the back of his garage and would drink some hard liquor. Hmm. I don't know exactly what it was, but because I, alcohol wasn't something I was well-informed about. I couldn't tell one from another back in those days. But he was—he would just sit there with his glass of vodka or something fairly potent and just drink and not have dinner and not talk to anybody, just zone out completely. And then when he was tired enough, stagger off to bed and then get up the next morning and go to work and then come home in the afternoon and do the same thing. And so he had this absolute hole of a life. Wife was quite sweet. She was a Christian lady. She... Um, kept house well and they were reasonably well to do his his income was probably quite good and so i went and visited the lady and then she took me out to the garage to meet her husband and as i walked out to meet him i, I was completely at sea I, I i had no experience of dealing with people who weren't effectively church people i'd lived in that sheltered um polite nice Christianesque esque uh, environment mm. i didn't know how to relate to anyone outside of that that context uh, particularly, I walked out and I saw him. I, I said, hello. He looked up at me and, and looked at me, but didn't respond, didn't say any word at all. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what conversation to have. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to reach this man. I didn't know how to understand him at all. And then after a, a minute of a few mumbled pleasantries, um, I left. And that was the entire sum of my attempt to try and help this man Uh, this woman particularly, get her husband sorted out. But if you kind of deconstruct that now after all of these decades and the wisdom that we come to understand what you've been talking about, very likely he was in that situation because of deep needs that had been not met or injuries that had damaged his soul at some point or the other, where he'd never been able to deal with them. He'd never processed them. He'd never been able to establish relationship where he could talk about those things and find affirmation find love find support even from his wife and so he retreated and retreated and retreated until his his whole life was just work and drink sleep work drink sleep and uh, so i love what you've done with this uh, seven um, step sort of process and i want to just challenge people do stop and take stock of mm. where you are on that continuum and and get the intervention that's needed or if you see someone else go and and be better effective than I was. Go and actually break into the cycle mm-hmm. and, and reach the person and get them back into relationship.
0: Yeah, and if you're at stage five, six, or seven, then you may need professional help, as we talked about earlier. Uh, you, but you, but you may not. But you know that's up for up to you you to decide and and to talk to some trusted friends. But I'm going to give you a couple of points of where to start. Though the first, no matter where you are in that cycle, is always humility. To humble yourself before God. And to admit your mistakes, ask them to search your heart for where you've messed up. Take responsibility for them. Humble yourself before before God, and then go and humble yourself before whoever it is that you've offended, whether it's your teenagers or your wife. That may not be enough. They, I mean, depending on what's gone under the bridge, they might they won't they might not trust you. But do it anyway. But do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you need to pursue them, like the the parable of the the guy the shepherd who lost his, his sheep. Yeah. He goes, or oh, the woman who lost the coin, you, you pursue that person. Do it sensibly. I'm not talking about stalking, but you yeah. need to pursue them. And when we, we did that series about um, the five love types, we talked about yeah. agape love. And it may be your relationship is to such a stage that the other person is not wanting to repair it or doesn't trust you, doesn't think it can happen. At which point you've got to just apply their agape love. It's an act of the will. Uh, that service sacrificial love and you need to pursue that pursue that person and you need to gradually work through and rebuild the things that have been broken down so you need to rebuild that communication that's been broken down you need to aim to understand and not just make assumptions about what your wife you might know somebody so well you can finish their conversation but don't do it listen listen and seek to understand rebuild the communication show you can be trustworthy and then look at ways that you can meet her needs. And over time, uh, God willing, that that trust will rebuild. And uh, and you'll gradually work your way back through the relationship and restore it.
1: And so keep valuing the relationship, no mm. matter how hard it is to yep. build it. Don't give re- up on it. To resurrect it. it. Mm. Good stuff. Thanks, Guy. Appreciate you sharing that. So this up on, on the website yet? Uh,
0: no, no. This is This is part of a course I'm working on.
1: Uh, a marriage course, so it'll
0: you have to watch the space and see what it comes up. but I do want to discourage men that as long as one of you wants to restore the relationship, it can happen. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if you both want to work on the relationship and restore it, it's very likely that that if if you go about it the right way and you take this approach of humbling yourself and and looking at what are the needs that your wife has and being honest about your needs and their needs, that it's very likely that you'll be able to get that relationship to a good place. But even if there's only you that wants to restore it, it can be done. And God loves relationships. He loves you to be in relationship with uh, with your kids and with your wife and with your friends. And, and he's on your side to restore the relationship. Relationships were God's idea.
1: Exactly. Right from the start. It was mm-hmm. not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. So value those relationships and work on them. And if you need to, listen to the podcast again and go through Guy's description of those steps and just anchor where you're at and then turn that around fantastic all right well thanks everybody i've enjoyed this guy thanks again
0: all right and we look forward to having you back on on the next show and don't forget the website www.realman247.org there'll be right up and some links on attached to this post where you can uh, grab this model and we'd love to have you over on facebook to join the community and we'll love to have you next time on the show see you then Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men
0: podcast at www.realmen247.org.